Hi, this is Joel and Victoria. Thanks for listening to our podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? We appreciate you and pray for God's very best in your life. Well, God bless you. It's always a joy to come into your homes. And if you're ever in our area, please stop by and be a part of one of our services. I promise you, we'll make you feel right at home. But thanks so much for tuning in and thank you again for coming out. I like to start with something funny. And I heard about this pastor. He found a dead mule on the church grounds. He called the health department and they said they couldn't pick it up without authorization from the mayor. Well, the mayor was known to be very rude and hard to get along with. When the pastor called, the mayor didn't disappoint. He started ranting and raving and finally said to the pastor, why are you even calling me? Isn't it your job to bury the dead? The pastor prayed and asked God for the right response. He said, yes, mayor, it is my job to bury the dead, but I always like to notify the next of kin first. (laughs) Hold up your Bible. Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about being comfortable with who you are. There's an underlying pressure in our society to be number one. If we're not the best, the leader, the fastest, the most talented, the most beautiful, the most successful, then we don't feel good about ourselves. We got to work harder. We got to run faster. A neighbor moves into a new house. Instead of being inspired, we're intimidated, thinking that's making me look bad. I got to keep up. A coworker gets a promotion. We feel like we're falling behind. A friend is going to Europe on vacation. We're going to our grandmother's 12 miles down the road. (laughs) If we're not careful, there's always something making us feel like we don't measure up. We're not far enough along. As long as you compare your situation to others, you will never feel good about yourself because there will always be somebody more talented, more beautiful, more successful. You have to realize you're not running their race. You're running your race. You have a specific assignment. God has given you exactly what you need for the race that's been designed for you. A friend, a coworker, a relative may seem to have a more significant gift. They can outrun you, outperform you. That's okay. You're not competing with them. They have what they need for their assignment. You have what you need for your assignment. And if you make the mistake of trying to keep up with them, wondering why can't I sing like that? Why can't I be the manager? When am I going to reach their level? If you're not content with your gift, comfortable with who God made you to be, then you'll go through life frustrated, envious, thinking, I wish I had her looks. I wish I had his talent. I wish I owned their business. No, if you had what they have, it wouldn't help you. It would hinder you. They have a different assignment. Quit trying to outperform someone and then you're going to feel good about yourself. Soon as I move into their neighborhood, soon as my business catches up to theirs, soon as I get that promotion, 
No, one of the best things I've learned is to be comfortable with who God made me to be. I don't have to outperform you to feel good about myself. I don't have to outbuild you, outdrive you, outrace you, outminister you, outproduce you. It's not about you. It's about becoming who God made me to be. And I'm all for having goals, stretching, believing big. That's important. But you have to accept the gift that God has given you. You shouldn't feel less than if someone seems to have a more significant gift. It takes a secure person to say, I'm comfortable with who I am. See, I realize I'm never going to be able to minister like T.D. Jakes, but that's okay. Maybe one day he'll get better. (laughs) But I hear these ministers, they have deep voices. They're great orators. They can move the congregation with their words, give you chill bumps. And I get up here with my Texas twang. (laughs) This is what I've been given. I can improve it. I can develop it. I can cultivate it. But my voice is never going to sound like James Earl Jones. There's always going to be somebody that can minister better, further along, more experience. But you know what? That doesn't bother me. I know I have the gifts I need for my assignment. Here's the key. You don't have to have a great gift for God to use it in a great way. You know what the gift David had that put him on the throne? It wasn't his leadership skills. Wasn't his dynamic personality. Wasn't his ability to write and play music. It was his gift to sling a rock. He was a sharpshooter with a slingshot. He could have thought, oh great, big deal. I'm good with the slingshot. This is not going to get me anywhere. I'm out in the shepherd's fields alone. No people, just a bunch of sheep. But it was that slingshot that seemingly insignificant gift that enabled him to defeat Goliath and eventually put him on the throne. Quit discounting the gift that God has given you. It may seem insignificant. I'm not as smart as my sister, not as talented as my coworker. Can't write the software like my colleague. Maybe not, but there's something God's given you that's unique. Something that will propel you into your destiny. Something that will cause you to leave your mark on this generation. Don't believe the lies that you're average. There's nothing special about you. You don't have the personality like your cousin. You don't have the talent like your friend. No, but you've got a slingshot. It's not so much what you have. It's the anointing that God puts on it. That slingshot, your gift may seem ordinary, but when God breathes on it, you'll defeat a giant twice your size. You'll be promoted beyond your talent. You'll go places where you weren't qualified. You didn't have the experience. You weren't next in line, but suddenly a door opened. Suddenly you defeated the giant. Suddenly the compact center was yours. Suddenly the dream comes to pass. Too often we look for titles and positions. Then we're going to feel good about ourselves. When I make it to sales manager, when I get on the varsity cheerleading squad, when I'm the head usher, the senior partner, the lead supervisor, now that's fine. Nothing wrong with titles, but you don't need a title to do what God's called you to do. Don't wait for people to approve you, affirm you, validate you. Use your gift and the title will come. If David would have waited for a title, we wouldn't be talking about him today. When he went out to face Goliath, 
The whole army was watching him. And what's interesting is David wasn't a general. He wasn't a corporal. He wasn't a sergeant. He wasn't even enlisted. He didn't have a title, a name badge, a uniform, any credentials. He could have said, I can't do anything great. I don't have a position. Nobody's celebrating me. Nobody's validating my gifts. In fact, it was just the opposite. People were telling him how he was not qualified, how he was too small, how he was going to get hurt. That didn't bother David. His attitude was, I don't need a title. I don't need a position. You didn't call me and you don't have to approve me. God called me. He gave me this gift. It may seem small or insignificant to you, but I'm not here to impress you. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to fulfill my destiny. He went out and defeated Goliath. In a few years, they gave him a title, King of Israel. Use your gifts and the titles will come. Well, Joel, as soon as they crown me king of the office, then I'll start being my best. As soon as they make me the head usher, then I'll show up early and give it my all. No, it works the other way around. You've got to show them what you've got. Then the approval, then the recognition, then the reward will come. When my father was 17 years old, he gave his life to Christ, the first one in the family. He knew that he was called to preach, but the problem was they were very poor. They lost everything during the Great Depression, barely had enough food, didn't have any money. He couldn't afford to go to college. He didn't have a position, no title, no denomination backing him up. No family saying, John, follow your dreams, do what's in your heart. His family told him, John, you better stay here on the farm with us and pick cotton. You're going to get out there and fail. Daddy could have thought, I feel this calling. I know I have something to offer if somebody was just behind me. No, he didn't wait for a title, a position. He didn't wait for people to validate him. At 17, he started hitchhiking to different towns to minister in the seniors' homes, in the prisons, on the street corners. He used what he had. It didn't seem like much compared to other ministers that had been to seminary and had training. He would have been considered insignificant, unqualified, no experience. But you can't wait for people's approval to do what God's called you to do. What you have may seem small. You could feel intimidated thinking that you don't have the qualifications, the title, the position, that's okay. Neither did David. Neither did my father. If you'll use what you have, God will breathe on it. His anointing on that simple gift will cause you to step into the fullness of your destiny. In the scripture, there was a little boy. All he had was a lunch. Five loaves of bread, two fish. Nothing much, not very significant. Yet when thousands of people were hungry, Jesus took his lunch, multiplied it, fed the whole crowd. Think about this. The little boy's mother got up early that morning to make the lunch. She baked the bread. She cooked the fish. She went out and picked some fruit off the tree, dug up some vegetables out of the ground. She could have been considered insignificant. She was a homemaker raising a child. Other people were out doing more exciting things, being celebrated, making a splash. If she wouldn't have been comfortable with who she was 
accepting her assignment, secure in her gifts, she would have been out competing, trying to outperform others, thinking I'm falling behind. They're making me look bad. I'm just making a lunch. I don't have an important title. No, titles don't bring fulfillment. Keeping up with your neighbors doesn't bring happiness. Trying to impress all your friends will make your life miserable. But running your race, understanding your assignment, being comfortable with who God made you to be, that's what brings true fulfillment. We hear a lot about the little boy being willing to give the lunch, but it all started when his mother took time to make the lunch. She used her gift that seemed small, just making a lunch, but God took the lunch, multiplied it, fed thousands. We're still talking about it many years later. Don't discount the gift God has given you. It may seem small, just making a lunch for your children. You don't know how God's going to use the child that you're making the lunch for. You may be raising a president, a world leader, a great scientist, an entrepreneur, a business leader, a pastor. You may not touch the world directly, but your child may change the world. Your assignment may be to help your seed go further. Are you secure enough to play the role that God's given you? Are you comfortable enough to not have to be number one, to be in the front, to have the title, the position, to keep up with others? See, we put so much emphasis on rising to the top and being the leader. And yes, I believe in excelling and having big gifts and big dreams, but I also know that everyone can't be the leader. Everyone can't run the company. Everyone can't be on the platform. Somebody has to open the doors. Somebody has to play the music. Somebody has to show people where to sit, where to park. The beauty of our God is he's given us all an assignment. Every one of us has a specific gift, a specific purpose. Think about this. Who was more important? The little boy with the lunch or the mother that made the lunch? Without the mother, we wouldn't be talking about the miracle. Who's more important, me being up here in front of all of you? Or is the most important person really the ones that opened the building? Without them, we couldn't get in. Or is it the ones that turned on the lights, the sound system, the cameras? Or perhaps the ones that paid the bills during the week? Or maybe it's the ones that poured the foundation some 40 years ago and built the beautiful facility. Or maybe it's the ones that have supported the ministry down through the years, many of you. The answer is, obviously, they're all equally important. Without one, the whole thing wouldn't function properly. Be secure enough to play your role. We look at who's in front, who's getting the credit, the recognition. They're the leader. A lot of times we look up to them, admire them. That's where we want to be. But if that's not where we're called to be, it's not where we're gifted. If it's not a part of our assignment, then we're going to be frustrated because it's not happening. If we do get there, we'll be frustrated trying to keep ourselves there. Because if you promote yourself, manipulate your way into a position, then you will have to constantly work to try to stay in that position. But where God takes you, he'll keep you. Where you force your way, you have to keep yourself. It's much better to have the attitude, I don't have to be ahead of my friend to feel good about myself. 
I don't have to be on the main stage. I'm happy being in the background. I don't have to be the little boy with the lunch. I'm happy to be the mom that made the lunch. I'm happy to sing in the choir. I'm happy to make my company look good. When you're not competing, not comparing, not trying to be something that you're not, life gets a lot more free, takes all the pressure off. And yes, I realize there are some positions that carry more weight and more importance, but in God's eyes, the usher is just as important as the pastor. The people that clean the building, just as important as the people that own the building. Secretary, just as important as the supervisor. God is not going to judge you based on your neighbor's gift or your brother's gift or by how high you rose in the company. He's going to judge you based on the assignment that he's given you. Did you run your race? Not did you outperform your neighbor? Were you more successful than your cousin? Did you get more credit, more recognition than your colleague? You're not competing with them. They're running a different race. God is going to say to Esther, did you have the courage to step up and save the nation like I gifted you to? He's going to say to the little boy's mother, did you get up early and make the lunch like I gifted you to? Two different assignments, two different giftings. God's not going to compare. Oh, Esther, I'm prouder of you. You did so much more to the mother. All you did was make lunch. Lady, you need to get with it. No, it's all going to be depending. Did you fulfill your assignment? I went to an Indy car race not long ago. and The race cars are incredibly sleek. They're low to the ground, extremely aerodynamic. They've got these huge engines. They can travel 200 miles an hour on a straightaway. Take a curve at over 100 miles an hour. But in spite of their strengths, they have weaknesses. They only hold one person. The dash, the seats, it's all metal. There's no luxury, no air conditioning. It's because it's designed for a specific purpose. Victoria and I have an SUV at home, a Suburban. It's big, holds eight people. We can put our bikes in the back, all kinds of luggage. You sit up high like you're the king of the road. But if we took our Suburban out to the Indy track to race those other cars, wouldn't have a chance. If we took a curve 100 miles an hour in our SUV, we'd be hearing the angels sing. <laughs> it couldn't handle it. Why? It's competing in a race it was never designed to be in. On the other hand, if we traded in our SUV for the race car, it looks so sleek and so nice, we'd find out real quickly it doesn't work on the city streets. It's too small. There's no place to put luggage, groceries. It's bumpy, low to the ground. My point is, each car is designed for a specific race. The Suburban doesn't do any good on an Indy track. The race car doesn't do any good on the city streets. The key is to keep the car in the race that it was designed for. In the same way, you have to be big enough to accept, I may not be a race car. I may not be as fast as my coworker or as smart as my sister as talented as my neighbor, but that's okay. An SUV is just fine. There's a place where I fit perfectly, where my gifts, my talents, my skill, my personality will shine. Now, every once in a while, you'll see an SUV out on the Indy track thinking I'm not going to be happy unless I'm the fastest, unless I'm out in front, unless I'm getting all the credit. Well, stay in your race. 
There is nothing wrong with not being a race car. There's nothing wrong with not being the fastest, the most beautiful, the most talented. Don't get distracted competing in a race that you were never supposed to be in. Trying to outperform your cousin. No, they're in a different race. Feeling less than because a friend is being more celebrated. Frustrated because your neighbor is further along. Stay in your race. Be comfortable with who you are. Let me make it more practical. Ladies, you may have a friend that's a size four. She's naturally small, thin. She doesn't have to work out. She doesn't have to watch what she eats. That's just who she is. Maybe you're a size 14. You could work out four times a day, not eat for three years and not get down to a size four. Now you better keep your SUV off that Indy track. Quit comparing yourself to her. Quit competing with her. Just run your race. Can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with being a size 14. You got to accept what God's given you. Dress it up, paint it, put on some new mufflers and run your race. But a lot of times, I don't know why I said that. But a lot of times we think if I had their talent, if I had their looks, if I could do what they're doing, then I'd be happy. Then I'd feel good about myself, Joel. Now, they may be doing something that seems more exciting, more appealing, but the truth is, if you traded places, you wouldn't be happy. You wouldn't be fulfilled because their gifts, their talents, their skills, their personality has been uniquely designed for their assignment. You could try to do what they're doing, but the problem is the anointing on your life is for your gifts, for what you're called to do. And if you'll learn to accept your gifts, not competing, comparing, wishing I would look different, wishing I had different talents. No, just be the best that you can be with what you have and there will be a fulfillment, a satisfaction. God will open up doors. He will get you to where you're supposed to be. When you're comfortable with who you are, walking in your anointing, it takes the pressure off. You enjoy life. But when you're always competing with a friend, trying to outperform a colleague, trying to impress all your relatives. That is a frustrating way to live. You're competing with someone that's not even in your race. A few years ago, I was out running. There was a man in front of me about a quarter of a mile and I could tell he was running a little slower than me. So I decided to try to catch him. I had about a mile to go before I needed to turn off and head down my path. I picked up the pace and I could tell every block I was gaining on him. In a few minutes, I was only about a hundred yards behind him and I started really pushing it. You'd have thought I was in that final lap of the Olympic games. I finally caught up to him, passed by him, felt so good, I beat him. Of course, he didn't know we were racing. But the funny thing is, when I got my mind back on what I was doing, I realized I had missed my turn. I was so focused on trying to catch him I went about six blocks further than I was supposed to. Had to turn around and come back. That's what happens when we're competing with someone, trying to outperform them, dress better than them, make sure we're more successful. We end up competing in a race that we were never supposed to be in. It takes a lot of energy, physical and emotional, to try to keep up with a coworker, dress better than a neighbor, be more successful than your cousin. No, take the pressure off. 
It's very freeing to say, I'm okay with you being ahead of me, getting more recognition, doing something more exciting. I'm not going to feel bad about myself. If you have a bigger house, a badder car, more successful, you have what you need for your assignment. I have what I need for my assignment. I don't have to keep up with you. I'm not in the same race. You're not really free until you know you're not competing with anyone else. This is one of the reasons that King Saul lost the throne. He was happy running his race. Life was good until he heard some women saying, Saul has killed thousands and David has killed tens of thousands. From that moment on, he never looked at David the same way. What was his problem? He couldn't handle somebody getting ahead of him. He was fine as long as he was number one, but he couldn't handle being number two. He got distracted and spent months and months trying to kill David, all because he wasn't comfortable with who he was. Now, maybe like Saul, you're a 1,000 level person, but you have a friend that's a 10,000 level person. The real test to see if God can promote you is can you celebrate people that pass you by? Can you be happy for them and stay focused on your race? Or does it frustrate you? Think, man, I got to catch up with them. No, our attitude should be, I may not be a 10,000 level person. God may have made me to be a 1,000 level person, but I can promise you this. I'm going to be the best 1,000 level person you've ever seen. I'm not going to stop at 950, 980, 999. I'm going to become all God's created me to be. Friends, your race is made up of one person, you. Don't get distracted competing against a neighbor, a friend, a coworker. Just run your race. You have exactly what you need for your assignment. Learn to accept your gifts. There's nothing wrong with not being the fastest, the most beautiful, the most talented. Here's a phrase I like. Don't compare yourself, celebrate yourself. Somebody else may have conquered 10,000. You conquered 1,000, but you know what? 1,000 is still good. Celebrate what you've accomplished. Very few people today can say, I like myself. I'm happy with my gifts. I am satisfied with who God made me to be. And remember, you don't have to have a great gift for God to use it in a great way. It may seem small, making a lunge, slinging a rock like David. But if you'll use what you have, God will breathe on it and do amazing things. And if you'll learn this simple principle, being comfortable with who you are, you'll not only enjoy your life more, but I believe and declare you will rise higher. Your gifts and talents will come out to the full. You will become everything that God's created you to be in Jesus name. If you receive it, can you say amen today? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places that you've never dreamed of. Thank you for listening to the Joel Osteen Podcast. Help us continue to share the message of hope with those all over the world. Visit joelosteen.com slash give hope to give a gift today.
Thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope you'll subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired all through the week. We're praying for you. I know God's best is still ahead. We'll see you next time.